Good morning. Did you know that the most important thing about you is that God loves you? He loved you to the cross and back. And part of his great love is that he gives you a life that matters. You never have to wonder, do I matter? Do I count? You are number one in God's book. And he gives you opportunities every day to live a life beyond yourself. I like to call it a legacy life. This is Sue Donaldson. As you listen today, ask God, show me how to spend today investing in people and your word, because both last forever. There's no better way to live. I know it's the middle of the summer, but uh, we're talking about joy. And we usually think about that at Christmas, but God has meant for us to have his joy and that our joy will be complete That's from John 15. So we're talking about in the summer because I need joy every day and it's not always complete. That's for sure. A while back, I had been studying the topic of joy all day long in preparation uh, for teaching a Bible study. Later on in the day, I stopped by the um, store for some Advil. I guess you can have a headache and have joy at the same time because I was feeling joyful because I've been studying it. Somehow that helped a lot. So I stopped by the store on my way to pick up my youngest daughter from school, and I spotted this cute J-O-Y, Joy mug, sitting all by itself on a random shelf. You know how people are, um, you know, shopping, then they change their mind, then just set it on a shelf. Maybe that's what happened. Maybe that was the last one. As a little side note, God is my shopping companion, and whenever there, well, when I ask him to be, and whenever there is only one left of something on a shelf, I see it as meant for me from the giver of all gifts, big gifts and small. Uh, mind you, this is not in the Bible, uh, but I did smile to myself and I picked it up along with my Advil and I headed for the checkout line. I waited with one customer in front of me and another at the counter when suddenly A voice rang out from someone at the end of the line. Can we get another checker in here? Now, this was something we may have all been thinking, but had not said. Something we might have said, but hopefully not in that way. My eyes widened, my eyebrows went up a notch, but I did not turn around to see who had said it. A new checker, a young gal, appeared momentarily, and the woman who had single-handedly commandeered the dollar store marched ahead of us both and plopped her items on the counter. And this sweet young checker said with all temerity, maybe she was 19, I don't know, you have to wait your turn, ma'am. Now this woman marched back to the end of the line and said to no one in particular, though I wouldn't be sure because I was not going to look her direction. If you want to go next, you should call your own checker. Well, when it was my turn, I carefully made my way up to the register while briefly contemplating the concept of having my own checker. Can you imagine if there were such a thing, you would just text your own checker and say, hey, I'm heading to Costco. I'll be there in 10 minutes. I only plan to pick up a few things, maybe 20, 15 minutes. So I'll meet you at the at the checkout line uh, in 30 minutes. That would be amazing. But I didn't really think it was a thing. 
Anyway, I quickly got my goodies and I left and my eyebrows were now raised slightly above my hairline. While backing out of my parking space, I'm sorry to say that my window was down and this same woman was coming out of the dollar store and she caught sight of me. And she said, for all the shopping world to hear, you are so rude. Well, now to be fair, I have been rude on occasion. I may have been rude yesterday. But this wasn't one of those occasions, honest. I tell you the, I tell you the truth here. I opened my mouth to respond, but before I could say anything, she added, you didn't call for the checker. Eyes still wide, no eyebrows in sight. I replied gently, that's how it works. Now, ladies, what, what, why do we even try to engage? I don't know. There's just something in us that we want to explain the whole world to someone. That's how it works. The next person in line goes to the next checker. You know, like it coals. And she said, you knew I was in a hurry. I replied, I didn't hear you say that. Then, my husband is so sick. My husband is so sick. So that was it. We never know why people act the way they do, do we? But God knows. God knows, of course. But we don't know. I'm sorry your husband is sick, I said, and I drove away while she called out after me, probably recalling her good upbringing. I hope you have a nice day. I would have laughed, except I didn't. I burst into tears and I cried all the way to my daughter's school. I looked over at my package in the seat next to me and I saw this J-O-Y mug peeking out from the bag and I thought, where did my joy go? I realized it hadn't gone anywhere. I was blindsided by a woman in a much worse state than I was in. And I began praying for her husband and her terrified grief, because it was terrified grief, don't you think? Fear causes us to act in all sorts of troublesome ways. As I continued to bawl down Broad Street in the middle of San Luis Obispo, God's spirit hadn't left me just because my feelings got banged up in a shopping parking lot. That morning, I had asked God to fill me up just as Paul prayed in Ephesians 3.19. Lord, fill me up to all your fullness. You know what? I don't even know what that means. To all of God's fullness? I think that's one of those mysteries. But Paul prayed it, so I pray it too. And I was full up, even though I was a little banged up. My joy had not disappeared even through tears. I told my daughter the story when I picked her up. Her one question was, did she see you cry, Mom? I think she was a little worried I'd be embarrassed. Later, a friend told me I should have handed her my new mug. Here, lady, you need this more than I do. I think I responded with, I could have thrown it at her car, but that would not have been a good response. She needed more than a mug, didn't she? She needed to know she wasn't alone in her grief and that God wanted to carry her through her pain and grief. I might add he knew mine as well, even though so much slighter. 
My friend and writer Mary D has two grown children with mental illness. When I interviewed her on my podcast, she said, it's possible to experience joy and pain at the same time. That's episode 75, by the way. How? Because she trusts God no matter what. We either trust him or we don't. And we say we trust him, we want to trust him, but at the same time we're saying it and wanting it, we could be crying. Now we never know what's ahead of us and each and every day, do we? We ask God each morning, Lord, please give me wisdom and strength to face my day because we don't really know what's going to be ahead. Not even really. We don't know what's going to be ahead. Lord, give us grace for those who need to know your joy and peace. Here's the point. There's a world of hurt out there and we need to be so filled with God's spirit that we are able to not only remain filled when we come under attack, but we need to be so filled that when we're jostled and banged around that the grace and joy of Jesus spills out. Someone said ministry is spillage. I love that. In the past, our benediction at Grace Church as Romans has been uh, Romans 15, 13. We, we said it as a congregation at the closing of the service. So we speak it to each other. I love that. I'll just say it for you. Now may the God of hope fill you, there's that word again, fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. We need to be giving this benediction to ourselves every day, don't you think? Maybe before our husbands get home from work or the kids get home from school or before we go into the, to work. Dear God of hope, please fill me with all joy and peace in believing that I will abound and overflow with hope by your power. Every day can be one in which we are bumped and jostled even more than usual, not just in crowded store aisles or during the holidays in the kitchen with relatives we don't even like, but also in our emotions and expectations with our families and our loved ones. May we be so filled with God's joy and peace in believing that when we're shoved and hurt, he spills over to heal and love whomever he puts in our way. When I was in my 20s, I began mentoring high school girls. I asked my mentor, Jean Garrison, what she thought was the most important thing I could teach the girls. She said this, Sue, you teach them that, at their, spiritual, that their spiritual growth is not dependent upon a man. It is up to them to grow up in Christ. Now I'm wondering if she said that just so I would learn it. It's true, isn't it? Our maturity, our fruit bearing, which is joy, our witness for the gospel, our joy is not dependent on another person or event or a group of circumstances like the perfect family outing uh, in the summer, a summer reunion or a holiday gathering. I had someone tell me recently, she has taken me my joy away and I'm no longer a joyful person. And I thought to say, no one can take your joy away, but she was too heated at the moment. But I will circle back and remind her that we are responsible, just like my friend Jean told me. It is dependent on our own personal response to God and his word. You know that when things are going well, we're elated. Or we're so relaxed, we don't even think to, to, to uh, thank God for it. 
But when things get a little rough, we sink into the depths of despair like Anne of Green Gables. But joy transcends the rolling waves of circumstances because joy depends on God alone. We can have joy in spite of our circumstances, even when our circumstances cause us grief. I heard someone say years ago, joy is the deep, quiet undercurrent that has its source in the eternal river of God, God himself and his peace. That kind of joy can even underlie grief. I'm thinking that you know someone who is in deep grief right now. Would you forward them this podcast when you're through listening? I'm hoping it will give them comfort because they're going to be thinking about God, his peace, and the source of real joy. Now, you may have experienced that kind of joy in the midst of your grief. You have been perhaps in a deeper grief than I have known as yet. And you know for a fact that God is your joy stream. I'm thinking of Joy Apello. You may have heard her uh, podcast or Jillian Benfield. You heard her podcast all um, trying to receive God's peace and joy in the midst of grief. They, they found God as their deep, quiet undercurrent. And perhaps you've also experienced that. I'd love to hear about it. If you want to comment in the show notes or send me an email, my email is sue at welcomeheart.com. We can have our cups full of joy in spite of grief because we have a promise. Psalm 30, verse 5, weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Your night of weeping may have been more like nights of weeping. I've smeared mascara on my sheets more than once. There's got to be a country western song by the name of What Do I Do With the Mascara on My Sheets? Weeping may endure, but there's hope for the morning. Another way to keep our cup of joy full is recalling that we are not alone. Jesus is our companion in our griefs, Isaiah 53.3. He is called the man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. You may think, well, no one really knows how I'm feeling. Maybe no one in your home knows how you're feeling. Maybe no one in your church or your Bible study or your neighborhood knows how you really feel. That's understandable. But there is one who does. Jesus knows grief, and he invites you to come to him and lay your head upon his breast and find your rest in him. You know, I like to talk about hospitality and God's invitations. Well, this is a wonderful invitation by Jesus. He says to come to me and lay your head down and find the help and grace you need in time of need. That invitation comes over and over again in Scripture. Today, when you're thinking about, hey, do I really have joy, God's joy? Respond to God's invitation. Come to Him. Lay your burdens down. Lay your head upon His breast. And say, you know what, Lord? I don't think anyone really knows how I feel. But I know that you know how I feel, even with the smeared mascara on my sheets. Think of a verse on joy and 
uh, put it to memory. It just helps, especially if you are weeping in the night and you need to say, Lord, I need that joy. I need that joy that comes in the morning. I want the kind of joy that comes from the eternal river of God himself and his peace. That kind of joy can even underlie grief. Have a great day today. Respond in comments if this helped you at all, or if you want to add something else of how you've learned to have joy in spite of grief. Thanks so much. Until next time, think about your legacy, the one God has called you to live, all for heaven's sake. I would love to speak at your next Christian Women's event. See my keynotes and retreat series, as well as the show notes from today's broadcast at welcomeheart.com. Thanks for coming. You're always welcome here.